0: Bill Fulton serves as the director of the Kinder Institute for Urban Research at Rice University in Houston, Texas. He was featured on this podcast a couple months ago. We talked about a period of urban renewal in the city of Auburn, a period that brought on hefty permanent change. Now we're talking about more change, except it has to do with professional baseball. If you didn't know, because of the changes within the minor league baseball system and the league's relationship with major league baseball, a number of teams were cut, including the Auburn Double Days. Bill's recent piece on medium.com took on that topic and relationship and how cities like Auburn, where he grew up, would be affected. Look. It's complicated. And there is a ton of unknown still today, even though the Double Days appear to have a solid future before that. Bill says, though, that the positive social impact that professional teams like the Double Days have on small cities like Auburn is absolutely undeniable. I'm Josh Derso for FingerLakes1.com, and this is the F01 Daily Podcast.
1: You know, my mother used to say that my father could go to any town, drive into any town and find the downtown and the ballpark in no time. And I, of course, grew up going to Falcon Park with my dad uh, before it was renovated in the 90s, in the old days. Um, But minor league, professional baseball, has played an important role in the civic life of small cities like Auburn and Geneva and Batavia uh, for well over 100 years, right? Um, It's part of those cities' identity. Uh, Many of those cities have, uh, have, at the behest of the leagues and at the behest of major leagues, invested a considerable amount of money. Certainly, Auburn has invested a lot of money in Falcon Park and it's considered to be one of the best uh, small uh, small city stadiums in the Northeast. Uh, and we've seen cities all over the country spend a lot of money on their stadiums as a way of trying to uh, maintain minor league teams. I, in the story I wrote, I also mentioned Lancaster, California, near Los Angeles, which also lost its team, even though it had spent $15 million um, uh, on it, on its stadium. So it really, minor league baseball, professional baseball in small cities really is the heart and soul of the city. Uh, so it's, it's a cultural and emotional connection but also it can be part of an economic development strategy certainly that has was true has been true for the double days in Auburn over the last I'd say 20 years anybody from Ithaca or Cortland or or Oswego um, sometimes they go to Syracuse to watch the Chiefs but but Falcon Park is such a great place to watch a game that they would come to Auburn as well.
0: You wrote pretty extensively about the system and how it works with Major League Baseball and that sort of relationship, or maybe lack thereof, between uh, sort of the decision-makers and these small cities. Uh, What's broken in the system as it sits right now, and what would an ideal system or a better system uh, look like?
1: Yeah, and I think there is some uh, hope out there. We see other alternatives. Uh, Unfortunately, the NYP League, was not included in what some of those alternatives look like. It was completely disbanded after 70 or 80 years. Uh, uh, Essentially, and I didn't really realize this until I started researching it, but essentially Major League Baseball controls all of professional baseball in the United States, right? And, And the purpose of Minor League Baseball has become simply to develop talent for the Major Leagues. And Minor League Baseball, as it existed... Uh, up until 2019 was a really, from the major leagues point of view, economically inefficient way to go about doing that. Um, and so they've trimmed it back, right? Uh, uh, they have instructional leagues in Arizona and Florida, which makes sense. Uh, each team now has only four uh, minor league uh, teams. Each major league team has only four minor league affiliates, uh, which means there's 120 teams. Um, but I think there is room in the system for cities like Auburn, and I'd say Geneva, and Batavia, and Oneonta, cities like that, to maintain uh, low-level professional leagues where the only purpose is not simply to um, uh, develop talent for the major leagues. Now, in order to do that, they have to be able to build their own fan base. They have to be able to have pennant races. One of the most frustrating things about the minor leagues is the major leagues move the players around based on what they need, not based on the pennant races in the minor leagues. Now, there is some uh, hope out there. You'll see the the American Association, the Pioneer League, which was a Class A league, uh, now are independent leagues with an affiliated partnership with the major leagues. So I think there's some hope out there. But it's, it's just tragic, I think. That the NYP league, in particular, a strong league with a strong history and proud cities, got completely dismantled as a result of this, and didn't. And really, the only alternatives has been to have a a draft league or or an amateur college league, which are the two leagues that the NYP uh, cities have gone into.
0: I'm curious from your perspective um, obviously we, we know now that there will be some form of, of baseball happening in Auburn but uh, it's obviously not going to be what people have, have grown accustomed to over the last several decades historically speaking like, what does that do to a city like Auburn Like what, how does that change the fabric of the community moving forward obviously thinking sort of like abstractly long term
1: Right, I, I think that remains to be seen. There are some good things about this amateur college league that that, um, that Auburn is going to go into. Um, uh, the owners appear quite committed. They also own the Geneva team, right? Um, mm-hmm. There's also a nice tradition since these are amateur players and they can't afford to, to rent any place. That there are host families. You know, there will be host families in Auburn hosting the players. So there are ways in which this will. Uh, um, Uh, be beneficial to the city and beneficial to the fabric of the city. But I think, you know, one of the most tragic things to me is the if it is the essential elimination of the uh, community nonprofit that owned the double days, right? Um, the team is the new team will be owned by private individuals who seem like good guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the really special things about Auburn, and there is no, there was no other city in America that had anything remotely like this except Green Bay, was the fact that the, that the, that the team was owned not by private individuals, but by the community at large in the form of a nonprofit that was essentially controlled by the city. But that was a unique form. And I, and I personally think that that's a form that more cities should think about going forward because it takes the revenue pressure off to a certain extent. And it makes it, uh, it, it seems like it would make it more possible for a a low-level professional team to, to succeed in the long run. I think that's one of the real tragedies is the loss of the community, the Auburn community on baseball club.
0: And I'm... Um, uh I would like to get your 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 take on this piece of feedback, which we kept getting every t- any time we post a story about the the double days. Inevitably, someone says, "Well, look, nobody goes to the games. The games never sell out. Uh, you know, it's a waste. Something to that effect, because it is you know controlled ultimately by the city." Uh, I'm right. curious. Um, Obviously, you mentioned a lot of reasons why you know the the motives should be other than selling seats. Um, what do you think the counter is to that, though, in terms of just sort of basic messaging from you know a, a city like Auburn to you know its taxpayers and residents?
1: Well, I think the ability under the system that we've had, the ability of a city like Auburn to build a brand and to build a fan base has been limited, right? Um, you don't have the same players every year. Uh, I, I suppose the most fun part of it is that, you know, you see Anthony Rendon play and then five years later, he's in the major leagues, right? That's yeah. the most fun part of it. But... Um, <clears throat> But I think what was lost, and what has been lost, is the uh, uh, ability to really connect to the players. And if you have an independent professional team, such as they're now having in the Pioneer League, you have the potential of some of you know some of the players to move up, but some of them will stay. When I was a kid, there was a player in Auburn, some of the, your older uh, listeners will remember, a guy named Rick Bousinette, who uh, uh, when the, I think it was when the Yankees or the Mets were the were the farm club, he uh, was one of the leading hitters for two or three years. He never moved up and then he stayed and lived in Auburn for the rest of his life. I think he eventually moved to Florida. Uh, but that kind of connection between the players and the team is impossible to create under under the current system. I, I don't know how realistic it is. Maybe I'm just being nostalgic or... Starry eyed about it, but but the idea that I guess the basic point of my piece was minor, the purpose of minor league baseball ought to be for um, cities to enjoy having teams and for players to enjoy playing baseball, not just for the major leagues to develop talent. And and that's the I think that's the tragedy in this whole situation.
0: Thanks for listening. New episodes of the show are uploaded weekday mornings on fingerlakes1.com. If you'd like to check out archived episodes, you can find them on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get shows like this one. We also ask that if you find programming like this or our journalism useful in your daily life, follow the link in the show notes to become a monthly supporter. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.